This is Jim Pruitt, and you listen to another episode of the Farm So Hard podcast. So I farm so hard, the employees want to find me. And then want to hire me. What's 100K to a guy like me? Could you please remind me? Farm so hard, this ain't easy. Working late nights, you best believe me. My grades can only go ace. Never want to see another B unless I'm Jay-Z. Farm so hard, let's get paid. What's good, fam? It's your host, Jim Pruitt, a.k.a. Farm Dean ED. It'll bring you another episode of the Farm So Hard podcast. This is episode 47. And it's going to be our Pharmacy Friday Pearl for this week. And it's going to be on a topic of insulin for hyperkalemia and insulin insufficiency. So we know that insulin with dextrose is an effective method to lower potassium quickly in acute hyperkalemia. But the literature shows that there's a range of potassium reduction of anywhere from 0.5 to 1 milliequivalents after administration of a single dose. Patients with renal insufficiency and end-stage renal disease have a higher incidence of hypoglycemia after treatment with insulin for hyperkalemia. And that's going to be due to a few things. One, there's a reduced insulin clearance. The next is going to be a reduced hepatic glucose production. And lastly, there's a decreased renal glucogenesis. The appropriate dose of insulin to minimize hypoglycemia events when using for the treatment of hyperkalemia in patients with renal insufficiency is highly debated, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, let's jump into some pharmacology in regards to regular insulin. So the mechanism of action is going to be due to a transcellular shift of potassium via the exchange of sodium ions via the sodium-potassium ATPase pump. The dose that's been commonly studied within the literature is going to be a range of either from 5 to 10 units of insulin, and it can also be weight-based of 0.1 units per kilo with a max of 10 units. The administration is going to be IV push, and when considering some important pharmacokinetics to consider, the onset is anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes for initial potassium reduction, and the duration is going to be 4 to 6 hours in the average patient. However, that's going to be prolonged in patients that has end-stage renal disease or that has any renal insufficiency at the time. Some big things to look out for is going to be the hypoglycemia. And if it works too well, and depending on who you're giving it to, you can have some hypokalemia if you're not intending to treat hyperkalemia in the first place. And there also can be a small chance of having hypersensitivity. For my nurses out there, we're going to want to dilute this in normal saline to increase the volume for ease of administration. And some common pearls to consider is that you want to give this with dextrose, usually 25 grams IV to prevent hypoglycemia. Some patients may require higher doses or repeat doses of dextrose, but the rare exception is for those patients that are already hyperglycemic, traditionally anywhere from 200 to 250. The most commonly used agent is regular human insulin, and that's going to be given IV to ensure fast onset of potassium reduction and to prevent variable absorption. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into some evidence. The first one we're going to talk about is a study done by Musavi and colleagues. It was a meta-analysis that was done this year. The cool thing is they had 3,437 patients in their group. And what they looked at amongst 10 studies was comparing 10 units of insulin versus anything less than 10 units of insulin. And what they found was that the less than 10 units of IV regular insulin had a lower odds ratio of hypoglycemia at 0.5 and severe hypoglycemia at 0.41. 
The coolest part about this meta-analysis is that they found no difference in potassium reduction that was detected with a mean difference between the two groups of 0.02 milliequivalents per deciliter. The next piece of literature I want to talk about is done by Miranda Verdier and the Rush Boys, Josh DeMont and Gary Petza. You guys are always doing great work out there. But what they did was look at patients in ICU and compare five units of insulin compared to 10 units. And of the 174 patients that they had, they found that hypoglycemia after insulin administration occurred in only 9.2% of the patients getting five units compared to 19.5% in the 10 unit group. And the p-value was 0.052, which of course is a chicken nugget away from being statistically significant. However, again, it did not show a major difference with hyperglycemia, but it also didn't see a difference in the rates of severe hypoglycemia or what most people are concerned about in the change in serum potassium levels between the two groups. I won't go into the other studies, but I will say that across the board, what we're seeing, if your patient has any renal dysfunction, AKI, end-stage renal disease, any of those things, CKD, if they have those things, if they're not your healthy patient, the data is going to support using either a weight base at 0.1 units per kilo or five units of insulin compared to 10 units of insulin in patients that have this renal insufficiency. And that's going to be because of the continuously proven hypoglycemia that's occurring in much higher rates in patients receiving 10 units of insulin. And the thing that really makes this a big deal is that you're not getting more bang for your buck. You're not getting much further reduction in potassium. So what's the point? Let's go ahead and prevent hypoglycemia from occurring. Let's prevent our nursing staff that are already being dragged and having to deal with horrible nursing ratios and with this Delta variant going across the board. We don't need additional problems. And what hypoglycemia does for your nursing staff is make them monitor your patients more frequently than they have to. And if we can give them lower doses, we can get their potassium down. We can prevent this hypoglycemia from occurring and the additional monitoring and resources that occurs with hypoglycemia. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for this episode 47. So ultimately, please go over to our website at farmsoheart.com and subscribe to our email list so we can communicate with you so that these episodes are applicable to you. Uh, go ahead and sign up for the email list, and that's gonna also going to tag you in with the Pharmacy Friday Pearls handout that comes out every two weeks. We're not trying to blow your email inbox up, guys. We're just trying to get you useful and viable information. And if you can, please go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We're just trying to get you guys the best information so you can take it from brain to vein. Guys, you know how I end it. You don't have to be a PharmD. You don't have to work in the ED. But everything you do, make sure you form so hard. Uh-huh, 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 uh-